Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here breaking down the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? I am doing fantastic, Rob. I'm in the middle of one of the greatest books ever. Really? Aside from the Bible, inspired by our Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> Roots by Alex Haley, and Curious George and the Pizza by H.A. Ray, <laughs> we have Basketball and Other Things, a collection of questions asked, answered, and illustrated by Shea Serrano. A gift from two of my friends, Karina Castro and Jonathan Pavone. Great book. Let me just give you a little bit about what it's about. Okay. So it's, if you like basketball, you'll love this book. If you know nothing about basketball, you will still love this book. Really? Yes. They have like, what's your Franken player? Where they like take all the greatest attributes of each player. (laughs) What year was Michael Jordan the best? And then they've got like a fictional basketball player draft round. So, like, people that were in movies and TV shows, Mm. like, if you did a basketball draft, who you would draft. So, So like, like, Air Bud? Air Bud's in there. He's actually in there. He's one of the animals, um, obviously, in it. Um, Jim Halpert's in there. The guys from White Men Can't Jump are in there. The guys from Blue Chips. Oh, man. So, and there's rules that go with everything. Like, you can't be Shaq as Shaq. Uh Like, you're Shaq as his character in In Blue Blue Chips. Chips. Awesome book. So if you want a good book, it's it's got a little bit of language, a lot more bad language than the Bible. So if you're going to pick one of those to read, um, but it's really good and it's really funny. And for all you basketball fans out there, pick up Basketball and Other Things, a collection of questions asked, answered, and illustrated by Shea Serrano. It's awesome. This podcast is brought to you right. by... I don't know this guy, but this book is amazing. Great auto, uh, great uh, illustrations by Arturo Torres. I see all- the cover's got Shaquille O'Neal... Uh, Orlando Magic era on uh-huh. the back. And a big giant squid. And a big old squid, because yeah. why not? Why not? Man, it's it's awesome. So check it out. Outstanding. Well, but we're not talking about basketball. Now I feel like I may have to. Yeah. Also, now I need to know if there's a baseball equivalent. Oh, man. Like, oh, you man. know. Yeah. All right. That Yeah, in fact, that is not what we're talking about. Not at all. Nope. Like, literally, probably could not be further. One of the furthest things from basketball. I guess maybe hip-hop culture and basketball culture intertwine. So maybe that's our inroad, because we're talking about Killing Me Softly with his song by, well, several people, really. Choose your artist. Uh, So we're going to start out with our favorite version, and we'll tell you about some of the others. Here it is, Killing Me Softly with his song. Strumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his song Telling my whole life with his words Killing me softly with his song. Yo, this is now. why Clef refuge can cries well. Little baby sitting up here on the base. While I'm on this road, I got my girl L. One time, one time. Hey, yo, L, you know you got the lyrics. I heard he sang a good song I heard he had a style 
Absolutely. Killing me. But softly, though. Real songs. softly. With his song. Yeah, with his song. And it's it got to be said, an unusual murder weapon. That's right. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of murders happen over the years. Um, but I'm going to say... On Clue, would this be a weapon? Like, oh, wow. it was Colonel Mustard yeah. in the In the study, yeah. With the song. With the song, yeah. <laughs> but then it would always, yeah, it would always have to be like, let's see, if there was a character in Clue who would have been a musician... Who might that have been? Maybe Plum? Professor Plum? Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Purple, like Prince, like remade, ah. remade Clue with music stars, pop music stars. Okay, who would Prince be Prince is Professor Plum. Uh, let's see, Colonel Mustard. Madonna is Miss Scarlet. Madonna as Miss Scarlet, absolutely. Good call. Um, Mrs. White, maybe like... Uh, Betty White? See- <laughs> <laughs> Not a music star. I was thinking like maybe Sia or Lady Gaga. Okay. Um, anyway. Anyway. That's kind of fun though. Neat game. Okay, let us know on Twitter. Who should be in Musical Clue? Yeah, at Great Song Pod on Twitter. Uh, who who would you cast as a modern music version of the game Clue? Okay, and would there be character? like axes like as a guitar? Would that be like a weapon? Sure. Pick the venue in <laughs> Albert Hall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. Musical clue. Get to it, folks out there. Copyright. (laughs) Copyright 2008. Great song podcast. Limited. Incorporated. Not at all. Anyway, Killing Me Softly with his song, which is the full title. Many people just refer to it as Killing Me Softly, and that's probably, uh, I don't know, maybe the better way to do it. It's just shorter. Killing Me Softly with his song. Actually, there's a story about, and I I wish I could remember now who it was because it has become significant, Uh, but there was a story about somebody who this song was originally pitched to uh, before Roberta Flack. I know. Tell it. Helen Reddy. Helen Reddy. I Am Woman is a big hit. exactly. Also in the Pete's Dragon movie. Okay. Candle in the Water. Good stuff. Um, The song was pitched to her before Roberta Flack covered it, and she thought the song title was so stupid that she let it sit. And by the time she picked it up, Roberta Flack had a hit with it. So uh, don't Whoops. judge a song by its title. Oh, Helen that's, Reddy. That's right. You know, I mean, anyway. So, yeah, Killing Me Softly slash Killing Me Softly with this song. Written by Charles Fox, composer. That means he made the music. And Norman Gimble, lyricist, uh, in collaboration with Lori Lieberman. More on that in a minute. That's called a teaser. (laughs) This is number 360 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs list and number 82 on Billboard's Greatest Songs list of all time. 
It was originally recorded by Lori Lieberman in 1971 uh, and released in 1972. Would you like to hear it? I bet you would, because it's pretty different than the version that you know. So uh, let's give it a listen. Here is Lori Lieberman with uh, her original song, Killing Me Softly. That's enough of that. <laughs> I heard he had a style. It's more in your like Joni Mitchell camp. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's that um, f- female folk, folk sound. Campfire. If you're around the campfire, I mean, we're probably going to do the Fuji's version with our acoustic guitars. Yeah. So that was that. Uh, not super surprisingly, the song didn't do a ton. Even though it's a good song and it's well written, it's just something about the uh, delivery, you know, just didn't quite. Um, you know, didn't quite translate. Um, so fortunately for Lori Lieberman and Norman Gimbel and Charles Fox, uh, the song got uh, in the hands of Roberta Flack in 1973, and it hopped to number one in the United States, number six in the UK, won a 1973 Grammy for Record of the Year and Best Pop Vocal for Performance Female, and Song of the Year for Fox and Gimbel. Also won the best video at the 1997 MTV Video Music Awards. That would be for the Fuji's version later. Uh, so why don't we take a listen, a little bit of listen to uh, Roberta Flack's version and uh, maybe get a little more groove into it. What do you say? Strumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song That's the that's the kind of being killed by a song that I like to be. <laughs> you want to have some drums to accompany uh, you on your uh, yeah on your murder. Just a little bit, you know, just a little bit. I like how the drums are the drums are playing more of a almost like a reggae style with the kick on two and four instead of one and three, which is to, you know normally you have boom, boom, but they're hitting kick and the snare hiss rim clicks at the same time on count two and four, which is different, especially for for pop music. You hear that a lot in. You know, some other kinds, but uh, pop music is pretty unusual. 
Um, but kind of a almost a Latin jazz groove is really what it f- kind of falls into. Um, and it's just very like swaying in the breeze. You know what I mean? It got kinda, your big dress on. Yeah. Not got, you. But. Got your big flowy dress on. And and uh, yeah, it's just, you know, boom. Uh, do you what's your preferred version between Roberta Flack and the Fugees? Oh, I'm going Fugees. You're I'm going it. Fugees? I'm going Fugees, yeah. For some reason, typically if you and I have a you know, if there's a newer version and an older version, I, you typically prefer the older, older version. Yeah, I typically do. So. But this is an exception to the rule okay. just cuz I probably cuz I, I don't know, I just like it. It it kicks. It grooves. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so good. Um I feel like the the level of sort of emotion in the delivery of Roberta Flack's version versus Lori Lieberman's version, I feel like there's almost that same amount of leap it's going jumps, into Lauren Hills. Jumps. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's just you know over time styles change and and the Lauren Hill delivery just feels a little bit more um, intense. Yeah, like Roberta Flack's now looking back on it, I'm sure it didn't feel this way in the 70s. But looking back on it now, it kind of feels a little bit dry. It kind of feels like she's singing a song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a pretty um, song. Yeah, she's she's singing a pretty great song. Um, but uh, it's it it feels a little bit more like a journal entry. Okay. You know what I mean? That's good. Uh, whereas um, uh, she's telling the story, but Lauren Hill is yelling the story yeah, at you. Yes, yeah. exactly. She's like, I can't believe he killed me with his song like this. Yeah, yeah. I'm so dead. Literally so dead because I'm a song. Yeah, like uh, Roberta Flack is like the nice crier and freaking Lauren Hill is like Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. She's she just got clubbed. Yeah. Why? Why is he killing me with oh his song? <laughs> yeah. Who would do this? Uh, Shouts out to Nancy Kerrigan. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough times. I'm so sorry. USA. Uh, so this is interesting. I, I told you at the beginning that this is attributed to Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel. And in fact, they won the, um, song of the year Grammy, but Lori Lieberman, uh, there was, there was a, let's just say it like this. There was a decades long dispute over the origin of the song with Lori Lieberman claiming that it had been inspired by her feelings, uh, written in poem form. After going to a Don McLean concert, you, if you know Don McLean, American you know him from American Pie, Bye Bye Miss American Pie. Um, she had been to a Don McLean concert, and basically, this, uh, according to Lieberman, was her autobiographical account of sitting through that concert. That this song is about Don McLean and her sitting in his concert feeling like he's reading her mail. Yeah, the, I felt all flushed with fever embarrassed by the crowd. Yeah. I felt he found my letters and read each one out loud. That, yeah. That's her in the show. Yeah, that's just, she's he being, just kept right on. Yes. She's like, this is not a made up story. According to Lieber. this is, this really happened, uh, that, uh, this was essentially autobiographical Fox and Gimbel, however, claimed it was inspired by an Argentinian novel called hopscotch. And that the phrase kill us softly with some blues, uh, was inspired directly from it that that art that the novel contained that phrase and that they adapted it killing me softly with his song uh, it was concluded later however that Lieberman's account held true after a couple of articles resurfaced in which Norman Gimbel was quoted himself giving credit to Lieberman and her experience with Don McLean for the song's inspiration whoops you really kind of screwed yourself on that one uh, so it, let it be known 
If you post something on the internet, it's not going away. Even if you get rid of it immediately, somebody's going to find it. If you say something in a magazine article, it's not going away, ever. If it, I was to ever be like, man, Taylor Swift's always been one of my favorites, they'd yeah. be like, nope, we yeah. have so much proof exactly. on the Great Song Podcast exactly. that you can't stand that girl. None of this stuff is ever going away. Listen, guaranteed every one of you listening is someday going to lose your job for something you said online. It's just a promise. In this day and age... It may, it may take 10 years, but at some point you will lose an important job because of something you posted on Facebook or Twitter. It's just going to happen. I'm sorry to tell you. So this is an example of that in the songwriting community. So now the song is listed as written by Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel in collaboration with Lori Lieberman. Basically, she relayed the story, gave them her poem that she had written, and they turned it into uh, what you now know as Killing Me Softly with his song. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Roberta Flack version. Um, first of all, Roberta Flack, Roberta Cleopatra Flack, AKA Rubina Flake. Did you see this? Did you see anything on Rubina Flake? Uh, okay. So first of all, Roberta Cleopatra Flack, that's a killer name. Oh yeah. Roberta Cleopatra Flack. It just rolls off the tongue. Sure. Kind of all sounds like one thing. Uh, but when she was younger, she had an imaginary twin. And a classical um, persona that she would take on. She was classically trained, and she uh, she was the Sasha Fierce to her Beyonce was Rubina Flake, uh, her classical persona and her imaginary twin, Rubina Flake. Um, uh, we'll talk more about her classical training in a minute. She's been nominated for thirteen Grammys between 1972 and 1995. Quite a span. Sure. Uh, and she's won four. Uh, she's the only solo artist to win Gram- to win a Grammy for Record of the Year two consecutive years. She won in 1973 for First Time Ever I Saw Your Face and then followed it up in 1974 with Killing Me Softly with his song. Uh, only solo artist ever to do that. She attended Howard University on a full music scholarship for classical piano. So her background, even though her... Um, you know, her, her pop cred is like R and B, you know, that kind of thing. Really her, her background is in classical and jazz. Um, and so the story goes that she heard this song on an airplane. She was flying, uh, and it was featured in like the in-flight music. Um, and she just fell in love with it and she played it on repeat, repeat, repeat and sat there on the plane and transcribed it as she listened. I mean, she, she wrote down the melody on paper. You know, she, she like put uh, probably a vomit bag. Yeah. She picked up a vomit bag and so, and wrote down a music staff on it and started writing down the melody so that she could, you know, have it and remember it and writing down all the words. Um, and when she landed, she called Quincy Jones, um, who connected her to Charles Fox, one of the songwriters. And uh, she initially, this is cool, she initially learned the song with her band, adding a groove to it, you know what I mean? It was kind of bereft of groove. Um, And uh, so she changed some of the harmonic elements, some of the chords are different than the original version, and even the Fugees kind of did the same thing, made some adjustments in the, you know, harmonic elements. So after she made her changes, uh, she was opening for Marvin Gaye in 1972 at the Greek Theater, and uh, apparently she was just killing the set and everybody was into it. And so Marvin Gaye said, you know, go do another encore. She'd already done her encore, but Marvin Gaye said, go do another encore because it's, you know, just feels right. So she goes out and does Killing Me Softly, which she had been, you know, teaching her band and learning. 
and the audience goes bananas for it. And so Marvin Gaye pulls her aside uh, after and says, okay, don't ever do that song again until you record it. Don't ever do it live again until you record it because somebody will steal it and you need to be making money off of it. <laughs> uh, so that is how Roberta Flack's version uh, came to be. She heard it on an airplane. I love songs that have chance, you know, stories like that, that just, yep. you know, uh, like um, Blake Shelton recorded God Gave Me You because he heard Dave Barnes's version playing as he got into an Uber or something at an airport. Like, the, you know what I mean? Stories yep. like that, just so cool. Why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about the instrumental end of things. Sure. Uh, let's go ahead and meet the band. Sure. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! So to start the meet the band section, I actually want to go back and talk a little bit about the composer and the lyricist. Okay. I did a little homework on them. So Charles Fox, mainly known for doing theme music. He did the theme song for Match Game. Um, ABC Wild World of Sports huh. and the original Monday Night Football theme. Oh. Not before the Hank song. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> or even uh, Carrie Underwood, whoever's singing it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so he did the original. Go listen. It's a pretty good little little sports thing. Um, the lyricist, Norman Gimbel, wrote The Girl from Ipanema. That's what he's most Really? He, he wrote that in its entirety. So I love that song. That's his, that's his jam. Um, together... Listen to all these hits they wrote for people. I Got a Name for Jim Croce. Uh, we're going to do a Jim Croce song. <laughs> Ready to Take a Chance Again for Barry Manilow. And Making Our Dreams Come True, which is the theme song for Laverne, Laverne and, Shirley? and Shirley. Wow. Y'all know that one. Um, if you Let's hear a little Making Our Dreams Come True <laughs> oh my for Laverne and Shirley. And right. me and Rob are going to go get on a bike, and we're going to ride around the, <laughs> around the cul-de-sac here. And we'll Schlemiel. Be, we'll Schlemazel. House of Ever Incorporated. Here we go. All right, kids. here we go. This is for you out there. This is to bring you back in. This is for everybody who's been dying for us to do a Laverne and Shirley episode. That's right. Here this you is go. For you. our way that's right nothing's gonna turn us back now we're straight ahead and on the track now that's right we're breaking those rules which one of us is laverne and which one's shirley who cares all right we're, we're, we're <laughs> killing it um so those two and then you got Lori lieberman who i did a little homework on her because she performed the great american melting pot for schoolhouse rock really is i looked up the top Let's just say top 20 Schoolhouse Rock songs. I grew up on Schoolhouse Rock, so you're not going to have to name any of them, or you can say the ones that you know. But this one came in at number nine. and There's I'll, like an actual list. There's a list like, of like top. So I'll give you number one. Number one is I'm Just I'm a just Bill. I'm Just a Bill. That's yeah, okay. it. That's it. Any that you know out there? Any uh, others? Beyond, it, there's something about adverbs. Right? There is. Like, and then there's conjunction, junction. Conjun yes. What's okay. your function? Yeah. Um, number three is a magic number. Came in at number oh, four. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A magic. yeah sure. I learned the preamble to the Constitution from this, which is yeah. number six. There's okay. a really good, uh, we the people. It's good crap. Um, <laughs> Shot Heard Around the World is another good one. Great American Melting Pot. Electricity. Do you know yeah. that one? Yeah. And uh, one of my favorites, not the Rex and Effect song, but it's called Ready or Not, Here I Come. Okay. And it's how you learn to count by, I think it's fives or tens. Anyway, maybe it's three. Anyway, it's good. Excellent. Stuff. So, conjunction, junction. What's your function? I think Schoolhouse my, Rock. I think my favorite uh, educational song 
uh, is was from Sesame Street, the okay. Twelve song. Okay, it jammed one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, yes. eight, nine, ten, it's eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah. dude, good. that was the jam. That's money. That's money. So good job, Lori Lieberman, for getting in uh, the Great American Melting Pot. But now let's jump into the real band. So <laughs> they were the kind of the, the pre-band band. Right. History on the band. So oh, I'm just going to talk about Roberta Flack's band because basically on the Fuji's band, come on. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's Wyclef and Lauren and And we can Pross. talk about them yep. here in a minute. But um, Roberta Flack, piano, like he Rob talked about, um, first time I ever saw your face. That was a Clint Eastwood wanted her to do a song in his movie, Play Misty for Me. So she wrote that. For his movie, um, she was neighbors with Yoko Ono and John Lennon. Really? Yep. And big friends with them. And recently, her most recent thing she ever did is called Let It Be Roberta, which is a Beatles cover album. Cool. Um, and probably the most notable thing that people would know close in our generation other than this would be Tonight I Celebrate My Love with Peebo Bryson. So okay. She's on there with that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on bass, Ron Carter. Jazz bassist and cellist was a member of the Miles Davis Quintet in the 60s. Ollie. Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shorter, Tony Williams. And in the 90s, he played with Tribe Called Quest. Really? So, yeah. Interesting. Um, on guitar, hmm. Hugh McCracken. This guy, I love this guy's story. So he played with James Taylor for a while, Hall & Oates, Lennon, McCartney, the Monkees. So he has two things that he's most known for, if you were to look him up. Um, are you familiar with the song All By Myself by Eric Carmen? Yeah, sure. So there's a pretty well-known slide solo on that. So that's Hugh McCracken. Okay. And he also does all the frills in Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. The... Oh, really? That's... That's freaking Hugh McCracken. Okay. So, which song... What a weird legacy. Which song do you think is bigger? All By Myself or Brown Eyed Girl? Because they're different. Yeah. But if you were going to do head-to-head combat... All by myself versus brown eyed girl. I think it's got to be brown eyed girl. I think so too. Yeah. But I think if people are going to mope all by oh, myself, definitely, there's nothing, nothing better. Yeah, no, there's, there's, there are a few better. Like if you had a top five crying in the shower songs, right? That would definitely be top three. Sure, right? Yeah. So I, w- I mean, I have to think this guy's probably pretty set because he's got "Killing Me Softly" and two other pretty big hits, and played with all those other people. And yeah. I've never even heard of him. I didn't yeah. know who Hugh McCracken was. Yeah. But he's he's all over the place. Interesting. On drums, Ray Lucas played with, you'll love this, he's George Benson's drummer. From, oh. Uh, there you go. He's yeah. on the It's Uptown. He's on the Summertime album. He's on like a ton of stuff with George Benson. King Curtis, Dizzy Gillespie, Aretha Franklin. So you can see kind of his... His, yeah, his, his bag. niche. Yeah. yeah. So that's Meet the Band on Roberta Flack. I mean, on the, and she plays piano. Even yep. the album cover, which we're looking at, is the weirdest album cover, but it's kind of cool. neat. It's her sandwiched in between a piano, kind of. I don't know if you call it sandwich. Yeah, like, like, like uh, it's, it's, explain it, the it's grand, as if you're, it's as if you're sitting at grand. the foot of a baby grand and she's sitting at the keyboard part and it is open in front of you. And but then it opens up her. and she's actually standing. Yeah. Oh, it's, interesting. It's yeah, it looks like she's sitting behind it, and then the the piano portions of the front of the album open up, and, and she's, she's standing there, standing. rocking the stage. So it's a neat little album cover. I kind of like it. So if you get a chance, pick up the "Killing Me Softly" vinyl. That's um, very cool. That's cool. Well, Can't do that on digital. Oh, that's tell right. You that. that's, Suck at iTunes. That's right. That's right. Wow. So that's what I've got on on that portion of the Meet the Band. Um, I mean, I guess we could jump into the Fuji's Meet the Band. Yeah, portion, let's talk about the Fuji's version. We'll talk about the band a little bit. While we're on it, Fuji's formerly known as Translator Crew. Um, and the Fuji's, you know how they got their name? It's because they're Haitian-American refugees. So right. it's like... The, um, 
the Fuji's was like a shortening of refugees, refugees yeah. uh, and and uh, Praz and Wyclef were both Haitian descent and often got like they took a lot of flack from being Haitian and they got called refugees a lot. You know, blah blah blah. People assumed that they were. I don't think they actually were. They just people assumed that they were, um, and so um, they took on the the refugee camp uh, slash Fuji's moniker. So, so this one's on the Fuji's album, The Score, and there's three fairly decent hits. The best things the Fuji's ever did was on this album. So they do a song called Ready or Not, which is, they actually sampled that from Enya uh, and without permission, and that got into a big lawsuit later. They did No Woman, No Cry, which was a Marley song, and this song. And so it got to me thinking, everything the Fuji's did that were big, it wasn't their stuff. They didn't even create. Yeah. So, like, they had a pretty neat legacy, and they didn't even have to write anything that yeah. was... Uh, and this is their only album. As is far that as right? I know, yeah. yeah. This is the score, of... I think they had maybe one thing before this, like, uh, you know, underground, you know... Maybe um, as translator crew? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But I'm, I'm not even sure about that. Oh, no, I'm sorry. But yes, they recorded two albums, okay. but this was, the, this was their big breakout album, okay. label album. But they did something before that, like, you know I mean, that nobody... I mean, I'm sure people know it now, but at the time, this w- was their quote-unquote debut album. Um, and then they disbanded in 1997. As soon as they came up, sure boom, they've... they were gone. And they've kind of crossed paths a couple sort times of, since, but some... it's not a great relationship, yeah, especially I'd... as it regards Lauren Hill. Sure. They, uh, Pross Michael, is, we'll start with him. Um, Ghetto Superstar is probably, probably what he's yeah. most known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in the movie Bullworth with Warren Beatty and Halle yeah. Berry and Oliver Platt and Don Cheadle. Uh, Wyclef, Wyclef Jean, uh, Wyclef Jean. Uh, tried to run for the 2010 Haitian presidential election. Yeah, I remember that. Um, didn't didn't go so well. Um, he's on Hips Don't Lie by Shakira and did the World Cup song with Santana a few years ago. And he so. did uh, Gone Till November. Gone yep. Till November was huge. There you go. There for a minute. Um, Lauren Hill, uh, the other the third part of the Fugees. First big performance for her was at Showtime at the Apollo, and she was actually booed off stage, and she cried. And, really? Uh-huh. And so she went on to be on the TV show As the World Turns, which I didn't know that, the soap opera. I didn't know that either. Yep. So, I didn't and, know that either. And then from there, she went on to be on Sister Act 2, Back yeah. in the Habit, as Rita Louise Watson, where she sang His Eyes on the Sparrow and Joyful, Joyful. Um, I did not know that Jennifer Love Hewitt was in that movie. Okay. Really? In Sister Act 2? She's in Sister Act 2. Hmm. I was just looking back their clips. I was like, holy cow, that's mini Jennifer Love Hewitt. Weird. Um, and then Lauren Hill went on to do some solo stuff, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which has, I think the best song that is on there, the most notable, is her version of Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, You're Just Too Good to Be True, which uh-huh. is a Frankie Valley song. Yeah. So here again, she's not writing anything. Yeah. But she's just... But she's making the best of her covers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And then in 2013, she was sentenced to jail for tax evasion, $970,000 in tax evasion. That's a problem. It's a lot of money. But she's back, and she's she's out out doing her thing now. But still, her relationship with the other members of the Fugees is not great. Uh, I believe Proz said he would never, ever, 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 ever uh, be getting back together (laughs) with with Lauren Hill. Um, But, uh, yeah, they had a couple of, like, maybe get back like single engagements you know what i mean like we'll get together for this or whatever yeah. but even that it's been several years i think since they even tried that uh let's dig deeper into their version and talk a little bit more about them uh their version samples a song by a tribe called quest which we already mentioned today um but uh it samples a song called bonita applebum and i'm gonna play a clip from that this is where the sitar sample comes from that they use at the end of the chorus check it out do I love you? Do I lust for you? Am I a sinner because I do the two? 
Can you let me know right now, please? Bonita Applebaum. That is Bonita Applebaum by A Tribe Called Quest from uh, their debut album, People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm. Now, the funny thing is that song itself had sampled that riff from the song Memory Band from the psychedelic soul band Rotary Connections 1977 debut album. Samples upon samples. Samples of samples, yes. Um, It's like Sam's Club. Samples (laughs) on samples. Yeah, I want to try that yogurt mm. and this pizza roll <laughs> and some like, ham cubes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, initially the Fugees wanted to adapt the lyrics a little bit, change them uh, to convey an anti-drug, anti-poverty uh, message. But Fox and Gimbel, the original writer, said no. They were like, "Bring on the drugs and poverty," <laughs> you know. Like, we're all for it, man. We want, that's why we wrote this for drugs and poverty. Um, so, um, yeah. So the Fuji's recorded it, you know, as is. And, uh, although I wonder if it, like, if they ever did it live, you know what I mean? They're like, we'll do it how we want live. If they were like, anybody who's been to a Fuji's concert, let me know. It's not really a, it's not really a place I found myself in the mid nineties. Um, who do you think the Fuji's toured with? Or would they be just like, would there be an? I'm opener? sure they had some openers. Yeah, uh, you know, you could see. I mean, I could see them touring with a Tribe Called Quest okay. or you know somebody like that. Could they be with like a, a harder rap group like Bone Thugs and Harmony or anything like that? Sure, you think that I, I don't see why not. Concert would. Work? I don't know. I don't really know much about like the hip hop rules. Like, <laughs> sure, you know. So I, I I don't know if there are like if there are like certain groups that you don't want to associate with or because of turf. Yeah, just like if there's. You know, who knows? Same as same as rock rules, though. You know, there's certain rock sure. bands that like freaking hate each other's guts. If I ever see that, you know, whatever. If I ever see Phil Collin from Def Leppard, I'm going to punch him in the face. Yeah. Metallica and Megadeth will never play together. <laughs> True. Sad times. Um, so uh, get this. This is crazy interesting. I've never heard of this with another song before. Um, but this apparently is true of the Fuji's version of Killing Me Softly. Uh, the Fuji's version of the single was so successful that the track was quote unquote deleted and no longer supplied to retailers while the track was still in the top 20 so that attention could be drawn to the next single. They oh, were, wow. they were trying to put out the next single ready or not. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, killing okay. me softly wouldn't come off the charts. Wow. So the record company stopped supplying retailers with singles Wow. Of killing me softly. Crazy. Can you imagine? Why would you stop? I mean, I guess you want to push the next one, but that's stopping sales. Like, yeah. That's the- you're, yeah. Like you're, you're literally killing your own momentum. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lauren Hill could have had some much more tax evasion. She could like, have. She yeah. She could have had some more. 970,000 could have easily paid. been more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just can't imagine. Imagine like, I'm making so much money. I've just got to stop you. I need you to stop giving me money for a minute uh, because I have something else that I want you to give me money. Like what you're saying is I'm going to put out a, a non-guaranteed commodity. Sure. 
while this other thing is raking. Yeah. Like, hey, I, will, I need you to stop this amazing thing because I got something mediocre I'm about to run past That's you. right, yeah. I'm going to see if you like this. Yeah, exactly. St- yeah. Like, I know you're loving that. If you're loving this, check this out. You might like it. Hey, if you guys liked Michael Jordan, you're going to love Steve Kerr. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to take <laughs> yeah. you out. I'm, I'm going to take Jordan. I'm going to take Jordan out because I've got freaking Steve Kerr yeah, coming in. I'm, it's like, Kerr's, Kerr, I'm ready for Kerr to have some playing time. Yeah. I'm pulling Jordan. That's right. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's what they did. I can't see, and I guess maybe I've never heard of that happening again because it probably has never happened again because that exactly. sounds like a stupid idea. I'm sure it felt right in the boardroom somehow, <laughs> yeah. but uh, man, that just seems like a dumb idea. Yeah. That's yeah. like... We're going to pull you out, Peyton Manning, because we've got Christian Ponder. It's going to be great. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and this is about the only other thing I have on this, and this is really sad. Uh, the guy who directed the video for this song, did you see this? I didn't. The guy who directed the video for this song is now serving 90 years in jail. That's a long time. That's a nine with a zero behind it for two separate convictions on some really atrocious sexual assault charges. Okay. Like all sexual assault is atrocious. Uh, this guy this took got it to him the 90 next years, level. So he did something. Yeah. He got him ni- 90 years for two convictions on sexual assault. So I know we've kind of talked to be that guy. I know we've kind of talked a little bit about covers. Did you look up any of the other covers? Like from when I say covers, like from the original, from the Roberta Flack era, there was a Perry Como version a Vicky Lawrence version. Yeah. It was like everybody, Frank was, Sinatra, Johnny Mathis and yeah. Murray, everybody in that yeah. genre said, we're going to cover this one. That's weird, right? That happens a lot. With songs in maybe 60s and 70s. Yeah. Like, we talked before about George Benson, like, two weeks after Abbey Road came mm-hmm. out, recorded basically just his own version of the entire album. Yep. That doesn't happen now. Mm-mm. You get, you know, you get um, people who will record, but usually there's a solid at least 10 years before somebody's going to cover it. Yeah. Um, Nobody's going to be like, I can do Coldplay better than Coldplay. Yeah, right. The next year. Like, you know, oh, Viva La Vida was great. I'm going to put it on my next album too. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it seems so weird now. But it was almost, uh, I don't know. It was like, maybe, I I mean, I guess everybody was making money off of it. And, you know, Sinatra was like, well, people like her singing it. I wonder if Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel were like, pitch it to Sinatra. (laughs) Give it to Ann Murray. Like, just get it in everybody's hands. Why not? See what hits. I would. If I had written it and 10 people wanted to cut it, boom, let them all cut it and see which one flies. You know, just throw that spaghetti against the wall and see which pieces stick and make the money off all of it. Anybody that wants to take our Meet the Band jingle and make it big, run with it. Absolutely. Remix it. Do whatever you need to. We'll We'll just take some royalties. Yeah. Take back here. Do it with our blessing. Um, yeah, that's uh, just, I mean, it's just weird. I don't know. Now, I you told me a story recently that I thought was amusing about a band doing a, a, a cover of another band's song. You want to tell me about that at Warp Tour? Um, oh, yeah. Bowling for Soup. Yes. Yeah, this is great. We, uh, we actually mentioned this song before. Um, so uh, we went to see Bowling for Soup at the Warp Tour. And they were like, how many of you guys came to hear us do Stacy's Mom has got it going on? Everybody goes crazy. And they're like, ah, this is the crowd going crazy. And they're like, that's okay. That's not our song. <laughs> they're like, everybody thinks it's our song, but it's not. It's Fountains of Wayne's song. So they're like, but everybody thinks that's our song, and we're marketing geniuses. So here we go. And they did it, and they ran with it. So good job, Bowling for Soup. Neat guys. Talk to him afterwards. Cool, cool guys. So, like, way to have a good sense of humor. Way to be smart about it. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. exactly. Just lean into it. That's you know, right. embrace your 
non-knowing your yeah in an anonymity <laughs> i don't know in- who's do you have immediately this, this may be a longer conversation but if we're talking about cover songs sure. where somebody took an established song mm-hmm. and and made it theirs mm-hmm. took their own version and and really did it you know what I mean? Is there anybody that's any that springs to mind? Like one that comes to me immediately. And I'm honestly, now I can't even remember what the band was. Was it Jimmy Eat World, maybe, that did a cover version of Boys of Summer? Atari's. Like, oh, the, the, the Atari's. Yes, Atari's thank you. a great one. That, you know what I'm saying? It yeah. was really theirs. It felt authentic, authentic. And they they changed the one line about um, I saw a deadhead sticker on a Cadillac to I saw a black flag sticker yep. on a Cadillac, which I thought was a great switch. A great line. Uh, but f- said the same thing in their style of music than, you know, whatever. I'm leery to tell mine because I think we might cover this song in the future. Um, but... There's a group called Branston that does an awesome version of King of Pain that I love. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I don't want to necessarily hear it or play yeah. it because I want to save it in case we ever do King of Pain in the okay. future. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's a good one. All right. Uh, advice to all you out there doing covers. Just make it yours. Yep. You know what I mean? It's. It, I mean, if you want to do it exactly like the original, then fine. But, you know, there's no reason to, you know, do what Roberta Flack did. Right, she took Lori Lieberman's version and she made it hers. She made she she jazzed it up a little bit. She gave it a little bit of a groove, and then years later, uh, the Fugees did the same thing. They took what Roberta Flack had done and they added their own you know selves in the into the mix of it, and it gave it some fresh life. If they had released a version that sounded like exactly like Roberta Flack's, it would have been you know I don't think it would have done anything that wasn't fresh. You know what I'm saying? So. Whatever you have that's authentic, throw that into your cover versions and make it sound like something, you know, you came up with. Rock and roll. Rock and roll with just some Uncle Rob advice for you. you that's know? good. That's Sit on <laughs> Uncle Rob's knee and yeah. get some let me nuggets of goodness. Let me just tell you, if you're going if you're going to record a cover version, son, let me just help you out here. Uh, let us tell you how to reach 100 people. That's right. <laughs> that's right. On the regular. Let me tell you. So, uh, yeah, that's all we got. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on Killing Me Softly with his song by Lori Lieberman slash Roberta Flack slash Frank Sinatra slash Perry Como slash... Slash Slash. I'm sure Slash, slash has a version Sure, of probably, yeah. Slash Fugees. Slash Fugees. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for sitting with us today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, wherever you're listening, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, thanks so much. Spread the word. Tell somebody about the podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Rob. And I'm JB. Go listen to some music.